Hey, welcome to Kong Jiao Wei, episode 4. Uh, ah! <laughs> today, we're going to talk about parenting because uh, a special day has just passed. Uh, Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. I don't play mother. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so we actually have uh, two new parents today. Yeah, two guests this time, right? So um, it's one of our old friends. We have Jason Neoshihau with us and his lovely wife, uh, Wei Lin. And uh, yeah, Shao, why not you start by introducing yourself? Hey, uh, I'm Shao. Uh, you can call me Jason. I'm currently a bartender with a notable group in Singapore. This is my 11th year, 11th year in the industry. Uh, also, I became a father last year. Uh, yeah, that's about and, it. And- and yeah, we have another guest. Willin, do you want to introduce yourself? Oh, I'm Willin. I'm the wife of Mr. Jason Neo Shihao. <laughs> and the mother of Darius Neo. Yep, so we and have these two new parents here today with us because it's a special weekend. Happy it's Mother's Day, weekend. everyone. And yeah, so we figured that today would be a perfect time to talk about parenting because it's Mother's Day. And as we all know, mothers do all the work. Right now, Waylin. Truth, truth, truth. Really, really. She's so humble, don't even want to admit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously, obviously, it's I do everything. No, nah, because... <laughs> <laughs> because I feel that I got the... I, I want to bond with my son. Got the motherly, mm. mother, the motherhood in me. I want right, to right. be with my son. I want to be with my son 24-7. Yeah, doesn't want to be with me anymore, though. <laughs> GG, dude. You're gonna upstage by your son, Darius. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this one called, this is karma, right? Like, uh, you, you have a son and then he takes everything from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's how the cycle of life works, like, I guess. Is that what my so dad is? So if it's a daughter, so right, then he will hang out with the daughter more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's always, always the case, right? Yeah, that's always the case, right? That's what they say. Dads favor the daughters and then moms always favor the son. Is it... Uh, We're gonna... Oedipus complex. Yeah, it'd be probably very different now. Never mind, soon to come. Next one. That one... Can't even say KIV because she said one enough already. Yeah, hey... Actually, why not you all speak about that? Because I, I do have quite a number of students also who are single, you know, uh, just, just by themselves. And a lot of parents seemingly these days want to have only one kid. Yeah. Well, I thought you that. were saying your students mostly single parents. <laughs> what the oh, hell? Gigi, they want, <laughs> oh, they want, I need to call good. police already. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. but I, I digress. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, earlier on, earlier on, even before we we had areas, we we never really we we talked about how many kids we wanted. Uh, ideally, we wanted two at at, at point or at that point. Uh, this was about I think a few months before the wedding itself, like. But then, like when areas came about, and then uh, a lot of things like I've learned so far is actually quite touchy. Uh, the subject on having a second child. Because sometimes the experiences of having the first one sort of knocks everyone around. Like, right. to, to be honest, in the beginning, I think we, we had, even before Darius came out, uh, there were a few fights about, like, what was happening, like, who's taking care of the kid and everything like that. Right. Yeah, that so was that between, became, sorry, that was between, 
like the two of you or or were yeah the... just between the two of us just, okay. just between the two of us because like uh funny funny thing is like initially like my parents didn't didn't really show in interest in wanting to be part of the whole support group right right yeah uh they were like oh you know now that it's your turn, you have to go figure it out yourself and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> now you know how we feel. <laughs> yeah. But but then for her, her, her mom, uh, especially, has been super supportive from day one. So so, so at, at some point, like sometimes I bring up like stuff like and this is not complaining, this is like fair or the matter when when we argue about it was like like is it okay if my mom look after the kid for like, you know, a day or a weekend and then then you know things sort of get off track there and we digress and, and it, it gets pretty loud. Right. Uh but then over time like I, I, I realized actually I didn't actually want my mom to take care of my kid because of uh other other reasons. Right, right. So, so yeah, along the I way there were compromises on, on both sides, uh. I, I wouldn't say compromise like I think at, at this point now I can say is as the mother, she has every right to decide who and when Darius goes and is with. In every case of the word. So whatever she decides is better for Darius, then I just go with you. Cry off. <laughs> Lin, any comments? <laughs> Must endorse. Must endorse. If not, if not, I've been living in a delusion. No, I'm I'm glad that I'm not on cam. Oh why? Because suddenly when he was saying all these things, right, I I just break down. But it's not complaining, I'm just I'm just telling them like, no, it's like you know, for us how we went through no, it. Like it was kind of like, when he was saying all this and then I think back of all those, then it's like... Mm. Yeah, a lot of emotions come flooding in, right? Yeah, like the I, way he says and till now, I'm so lucky that I, I'm not on cam, man. Yeah, I, I, never, I never distort anything. Uh, it is as it is. Uh, it is as what has happened so far. Right. And uh, right. at, at one point, I think I, I just didn't disagree with her. Uh. I said, okay, right. you know, do what you think is right for Darius. Uh. Because that's yeah. what everyone else is telling me. Like, you know, if, mama, if you want your... Mama knows best. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm yeah, like, pretty yeah. sure you, when you recap and, and, you know, revisit this whole thing. And I mean, for, for Lena, it is probably more, even more of an emotional thing. So just having to hear what happened was, was enough to, to, to trigger back those, those same emotions. Huh? Yeah. yeah. And it's... Right. So but how was the say, journey for you? If, let's say... Mm, there's no this whole hoo-ha thing, right? I might consider mm-hmm. the second one. I see, I see. But seeing how things are like from then till now, I really, it really changed my mind. It changed my mind 180 degrees. Like, I am definitely not going to have a second child. No so way. So, my fault. Yeah, it's actually kind of my fault why we're not having a second child. Yeah. I wouldn't say like... But it's, it's not his fault. Yeah. It's not his fault. La. It's like, it's not that. like maybe... Maybe it's like, you know, a kid is already so expensive. And if, yeah, we're not even talking then, about cost yet. We just, yeah. And the thing is, if I were to have another kid, I have to spend another... How much again? Huh? Everything came out about $15,000, $16,000. Yeah, you see. And then to, right. to test... And because both of us, right, are actually thalassemia carriers. Okay. So if, let's say, I were to have another kid, right, I need to go through another wrong of the expensive test which is right. to, yeah the test wasn't cheap yeah which is to take my what's the yang what is the yang sui call ah? uh, she has to take the embryo fluid Am- amniotic mm. uh, yeah, ah, the yeah. amniotic fluid right yeah right. twice yeah. once so uh, 
I think during the first, the end of the first trimester, then towards the middle of the, tri- uh, the second trimester, which is actually really sucky because, um, you know, we having taken bio, we, we sort of figured, oh, yeah, it's a 50% chance. You either have it or you don't have it. Right. But then it's, it's, it was actually very nerve-wracking to feel like, oh, there's a 25% chance that he's going to be seriously um, medically unwell from birth. Right. Like every if two, makes three it, months, yeah. he needs blood transfusion and all this. If he makes oh, it to birth. Okay. Yeah. If he makes it even to birth. So, like, so is think, risk on an unborn child also? Like, yeah. Besides all the stress for you, the two of you? Um, I think it's more on me. More on I her. Like, because she's constantly worried. Yeah, constantly worried. I think a lot of people wouldn't know this, uh, except for my bosses and stuff, and, and family. Uh, actually, before they rest, we, we had a, another one. Mm. But you know that that didn't come to pass, uh, and it was like out of the blue, right? We I think we were nine, ten weeks in, right? And then suddenly the heartbeat just stopped. Yeah, and and that was kind of difficult. So so and that was that was like six to eight months before Darius even came to be. Right. Yeah. So we took a really long time to recover from that first one, and then when when Darius had to do the we had to do the whole blood test, embryonic test with Darius. We were like, um, oh shit. Yeah, um, it's another wave of stress just coming down. Yeah, but, but it's a lot more weighing on her because, you know, the first one, we say recover, we, we didn't really recover emotionally from. Right. I think mm-hmm. it still scares us. That's why like when, when Darius, every trimester, every gynae visit, was was so important because we had to we had to be sure that he'd be okay mm. along the way. Yeah. Like they are actual major milestones uh, each trimester. Uh definitely. Like uh first trimester is what I think once you make it past week twelve, uh that more or less means the, the fetus is, is stable stabilized. Then the next milestone is week twenty week nineteen to week twenty one. And then there's week uh, 28, 30, and then 36. If you make it 36, then thereabouts you'll be planning on when, whether you want to do an induced labor or you want to wait for the, the contractions to actually come in. Uh, you start making payments for like the hospital suite, the, I mean, the, the ward. Yeah, and then you start mentally preparing and say, okay, it's coming, it's coming. Like Then you, you, know, you, you sort of give due notice to everyone you're working with and like, you know, I might have to take off anytime. And and the best part was like the, the company's been really great. Uh they've been really um empathetic to, to that part. Like everyone knows like what like it can be difficult being up just waiting for the to come. So so they were like, you know, if you need to go, just go. Just go. Don't even mm-hmm. don't even come in. Like even if midship like just go. It's fine. Yeah, so that was cool. Yeah, so you got support from that. I mean, it is uh it is definitely difficult. So, Willin, would you mind sharing perhaps, you know, since uh, Darius came out, what's some of the most difficult stuff with regards to parenting? I think the first few, the first few months, the first three months, because um, I wanted to go full on breastfeeding. Right. So, it's, it's quite tiring because you have to wake up in the middle of the night just to mm. express thumb up or you just have to let your bed that Darius suck onto latch onto my my nipple la. so yeah. it's like for the first three months it's very painful because right I have no idea how he latched until he it can bite until I, I bleed that kind 
Ooh. Yeah, so it's like, it's a super painful experience, but it's actually also an experience for me, for myself, because I wanted to go through all this kind. Uh, because my right. sister was saying, very painful, cannot, cannot. You very, you must endure, uh, you, need, you need perseverance, you need determi- determination and everything, everything. So I wanted right. to like say, how tiring is it? So actually quite tired, uh, but I think <laughs> it's all worth it till now, uh, because I'm, I wanted to give the best to Darius. Whatever it is, I want to give him the best. Like if he wants something that is expensive, I will try my best to give him my to give him that. But if not, right. I'll try an alternative. But for sure, I will give him hundred percent. Right, right. But because well, I, I mean, mother's I love right there. So much. Yeah, real respect there. I mean, also they do say that breastfeeding the baby raises the IQ of the baby. So right then and there, you done it already. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> yeah, like my one year, one year's breastfeeding of journey ended lah. So I feel that at least I made it through the one year. <laughs> like some parents think... didn't make, some parents didn't make it through the first three months like, because it's either they feel tiring or right. they feel that it's like ah yeah. For formula milk also can uh, it's, it, it has the same purpose and everything but right. I feel that breast milk and formula milk have a difference uh, because I know breast milk have a lot of nutrients from the mums and everything so mm. for me it's best that if I can give him until like how long he wants right then it's okay lah but if let's say one day he doesn't want anymore and I also don't have I have none left right then that means that he's ready to go on to formula milk at that time. Mm. There's also the the bonding aspect of breastfeeding. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's when you get like really close to your child and like you know you're actually giving life. Yeah, like feeding <laughs> feeding your child from you know from your body and you're actually providing for him. So Yeah, that, it's like it's like a huge the emotional bond is, the bond there is like you you feel that you feel it's there la, but you I do not know how to describe the feeling, but you feel that the bond is there. I I want to say I understand, but yeah, I will never <laughs> we, will, we will never be able to I, understand. Until I start lactating myself and being able to breastfeed up. But, um, oh, interesting fact. They all know that men can actually lactate. So there have been instances where if the male feels a necessity to become... Um, in that sense, the maternal instinct kicks in to take care of the child. The men, some men have been known to actually be able to lactate to produce milk. Uh, so yeah, that's nice. that's a very strange thing, but yeah, it can actually happen. Uh, oh, mine don't start leaking now. I, I think I should be fine. Huh? <laughs> no, no baby crying sound. Please. No baby crying sound, yeah, then I'll be okay. fine. <laughs> Yeah, so when did that when did that uh question start leading up to actually deciding to have a kid start popping up? It was it was before it was before the wedding lah. Um yeah, I mean like before even before the wedding we were already talking about kids. But then right. uh I think one of something her mom said actually quite true. Like you cannot cannot plan on. Right. Because like one of the do, questions I wanted to ask uh, is like Okay, whether is it, you know, the decision to have a child, uh, is, it a, is it a very socialized thing? Like, very matter of fact, like, you're going to get married and you're supposed to have a child. Or was 
was it already in the thought? Was it conscious? Um, like I want to bring a life into this world, and you know, like nurture the, the, I think the child. Towards and... towards planning into leading up into the wedding and everything, we already talked about whether we wanted kids and how many we wanted. That's why I said, you know, we, we talked about like, you know, having two and stuff like that. Uh, and then things change and stuff. But like, the whole decision, I think, while we planned to, we didn't really say, put out a date and say, oh, uh, let's do it by then and then and then. Right. But at the same time also, like, Lin has a, she she's very concerned about her bio clock, uh, especially with the whole, you know, the whole notion that Past 30, it becomes a little right. more risky to have kids and stuff all, like that. All women, uh, it's... Right, yeah. It's a... It's, an it's a generally accepted notion. Uh. Yeah. I think one of the things we definitely knew was uh, the first one would be out before 30. Mm. Uh, and considering like when we got married, we were already like 26, 27. We, we definitely were already thinking about it. Right. Uh, one more, we, we didn't really spend a lot of time dating. Like I think some people, they, they, they would have dated someone for like four or five years before even thinking about like, should I pop the question? Yeah. I think we dated for about like two, a year plus, uh, a year, six months, seven months, seven months, right? And then, then like, uh, she sprang it on me and then I, I sprang it on her. Like, it, it's going to be funny now because if, if you would believe it, uh, Lin's actually the one who proposed to me first. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> if you would believe it, like yeah. I, I woke up one morning and yeah. there she was by my bed. And, and she took out a ring. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> yes, yeah, reverse, but, but, reverse the gender rules. Yeah, yeah. Don't, no need yeah, to First move, she got first move for me. Yeah, yeah. Equality, yeah, she got right? first move for me. <laughs> Willin, what's on your mind now? <laughs> I like your style. I like your style, dude. <laughs> no, but he kind of expected that I would propose to him. Right, right. But he just didn't know which day. <laughs> But then on the same on the same day, I think is is it on the same day or I don't know which day, he told me that he went to Love and Co to have a to have my proposal ring done. Uh. Yeah, so so a month before that, she's bringing it that, that ring on me, right? I had already gone gone and ordered a ring for her. Nice, nice. Like with her measurements and everything, like she and she didn't even know. Because <laughs> if she knew, she wouldn't. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, so, so there so, was a alignment there already, like unspoken yeah, alignment that, that you that, guys that's, wanted that's, to pop the question yeah. to each other. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, not. I, I even went ring ring shopping with, with Ming. So Ming went with me and then we went to like Tiffany's, we went to like all the different jewelers and, and just to look at, just to get an idea what it means to buy a ring. Like the ring size, the the, the material of the, the, the right. ring itself. Research stage uh, only lah. Uh, research stage, you know, and, and finding out like, oh, you know, uh, the, the carrot size means this, the color code means this, the purity, the clarity, and so I'm like, fuck, man, this stone <laughs> costs thousands of dollars, has no practical use other than, has no practical use at all. <laughs> Why you got to take the romance out of the whole thing, man? <laughs> that's, that's the, I mean, well, romance isn't practical, I guess, right? It's, it's a... Uh, it's a feel, yeah. Yeah, so. but, but like, you know, besides the point, I mean, we went with it and, and yeah, uh, she proposed and then I proposed like, I think two months later because the ring took that long to make. Right. And then I think all in all, like I would say on having kids, um, definitely there's a so- social, there's a shit mentality, definitely. Like everyone would definitely think that way of like, oh, you know, now that we're married, maybe we should start thinking about kids. But I wouldn't say it happens to everyone organically. Some of them feel less pressured to think about it. 
some of them already like you know uh, they've been dating for a while they always knew that they were gonna end up together so they sort of plan out like, a timeline of right. you know, when do we want to have kids when when do we you know not want want to stop trying and stuff like that I think the, yeah. the whole journey is quite different for a lot of different couples some yeah, so like plan it to the T one like yeah, yeah. when down the kids to, down to the conceived, yeah. No, yeah, down to the ovulation dates. You know, when I want I'm my birthday, most of my, my baby's birthday to be, <laughs> there. Right, right. Plan all that way, man. Yeah, but, yeah. but for us, uh, her mom, what her mom said was true, uh, Don't don't plan, uh. Just do long, do what you have for. <laughs> do don't have then then continue doing long, do what you have for. Yeah, I mean, it's it's quite different from culture to culture also. I mean, generally, we Asians, so, you know, we, we, we come from a fairly conservative society. You know, marriage tends to come first, so that's what's recommended before you have kids. But if you go around the world, you look at other cultures, and some, some people don't even consider marriage, and they have no qualms about, uh, you know, having a kid. So, yeah, I guess it's different for everyone. and. Yeah. Speaking yeah. on, on that, uh, does Darius have to be a lawyer or doctor when he grows up? Oh no, he's going to take over Faker. <laughs> he's he's, he's going to take what? He's going to take over Faker's place. Over Faker's place? <laughs> he's going to take over... So, no, 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 no. What's Faker's place? Okay, so, you so, don't get the reference. Uh, it's so, a... Faker is a very very prominent uh, esports player, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and, probably and they would say one of the best League of Legends uh, players in in the world. Uh. He's he's the best. He's a god. Like, yeah. Okay. He's the Korean god of League of Legends. Uh. So yeah. Uh, so that's that's big pressure on your kid, you know. <laughs> oh no, but he doesn't. He, see, he doesn't know that yet. But but right, right. You, you can ask Lina. You, right. you can call. You can cooperate this with Lin. Uh-huh. He likes sitting at the keyboard more than at the at the like with his toys like. So Lin bought him like building blocks, uh, a mini, a small bicycle, and, and stuff like that. Mm. But but every time he sees me at the at the at the computer, he's like he wants to come over here and sit at the computer and he's mashing away on the keyboard. Even though he doesn't know what he's doing, right? But he's like getting a really good feel of the keyboard right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you I think your you your kid looks at what you're doing, then he's like. What the fuck yeah. is my dad doing? He sits here and he's he sits here and he's super entertained by the, the, the keyboard and everything. <laughs> yeah, you you stretch out his two hands, right? You see whether automatically it goes to the WASD position and the mouse. Then, then uh, left hand have born, uh, right hand is still training. <laughs> right hand still training. Right. <laughs> Interesting. Uh so Willin, what about you? Um you know, any thoughts on your kid's future and, and things like that? As long as he can earn money and support me, can Leo. <laughs> he okay. needs to give me money. Interesting. <laughs> yes. Repayment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's part of our culture that, you know, uh, filial piety and uh, the whole allowance that we give to our parents and all that. You know, I have a few... Uh, and more friends who are very weirded out by that idea, right? Of what, paying they, they money, look, giving ma- money mm, monthly? Okay. Yeah, to your parents. Yeah, they, they find that a very strange concept. Any of you ever experienced that? I, I find that that probably stems from like um, this notion that your parents owe you nothing. 
mm. uh, short of giving you a, a roof over your head and 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 taking you through your childhood, your adolescence, right? Then beyond that, you know, like once once they move out or they they decide to go like uh, venture out and find a career for themselves, uh, the parents are like, oh, okay, you're on your own. I think rarely you hear like for them in particular like uh, a case where they they still ask for handouts from their parents unless they're really hard up. I, I, if anything, I think most of them, Caucasians in particular, are very uh, stubborn on this on not getting a handout from their parents because they want to show that they're independent. They don't want to show that like they're not a, that, that they're not a fuck up. It's a more individualistic right. culture. Um, yeah. It's, Compared very encouraging us. on independence. Uh. Yeah. 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 For us it's not that we cannot. I, I'm sure like a lot of us when 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 we were coming out from JC from Poly and, and moving on to uni or coming out to work. Definitely we've considered I want to move out. <laughs> I know you I did. Out, you 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 have voiced that out quite in, right? quite a number of times. And right, yeah. but for me always the biggest problem was I can't afford the rent. Mm. I, I can't afford rent in Singapore. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Yeah. So so today when experts say like, oh, most Singaporeans living with their parents, actually a lot of them you find that they are above thirty and into their forties. Like, that's not their fault. It's the system. The system doesn't encourage this sort of uh move out from your parents and and be on your own sort of a yeah. uh, uh sort of a mindset because yeah. in itself when you come out to work most people spend the first two to three years paying off their student loans. And, and the most sensible way of doing it is to save on the other stuff, like rent, like expenses, like, um, I don't know. Um, and not just that, uh, like, if you're both working parents, then who take care of the child? Like, a lot of times yeah. it falls back to the grandparents. Uh, they hope, hope lah. Yeah, like, I mean that's I very we, that's very lucky uh, for for a lot of people who you don't have still have the the grandparents to to look after the child. Yeah, not a lot. You still have to depend on daycare center. Then that's what extra expenses to them as well. Yes, definitely. So yeah, it's all this added cost uh, when it comes to it, yeah. I mean in Singapore, in Singapore uh, I I maybe even in Hong Kong, I guess the 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 whole one. Of the, I think one of the biggest difficulty going into to bringing up a kid is is cost. You you cannot escape from this cost. But the uh, the question here is how you how you recognize like what is a must have, what is a it's a good to have. When we think about it, right, dance classes, piano classes, um, even martial arts classes today, I think you can say these are all luxuries. Not not everyone can afford them. Most people don't. They they they, they can't see their way to say oh you know my my, my child must have this. Most, in fact, even I think within our, our batch, our generation, if you think of the people who actually had a had a sub skill, you know, sub skill set in, into into schooling life and everything, you find that they spend most every day uh, doing something that their parents wanted them to do, not not something that they wanted to do. Do you think and, their yeah, parents I, are pushing them to do what yeah. they wanted to do? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel that a lot of times, you know, it's about 
all the unaccomplished things that the parents have not done. And, you know, there's this projection that happens and they kind of force their kid into doing all these things because that's what they wanted to do. And it's, uh, it's actually quite a problematic way of, of parenting. Um, essentially, as a, as a parent, or this is according to National Academy of Sciences, and um, the role of a parent is like a, a mediator, uh, somebody who just helps provide like an interface, you know, between this this world and, and, and their child. And yeah, it's not actually meant to push their own agenda, essentially, on, on their children. Uh. Which is, I think, which is why, like, for, for me, Aline, like, there's no hard and fast, oh, he must be a lawyer, he must be a, an accountant or something. It, it doesn't make sense because he's not going to, if he went, ends up wanting to do it himself, yeah, sure, go for it. Like for us, if if you grow up a good kid, then that I think that's enough for us, really. I think. So you, you what constitutes to a good kid? Uh, for, for you guys, I think it's a lead. Like my, of I, course, I've it's lived the a very, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. no, because I've lived a very different life from most kids. Right, right. Uh, the the amount of freedom I had growing up, it's 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 ridiculous. Most guys are, are like, what the fuck. It's 10 p.m. How are you still outside? So, so, so for Lin, 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 what's your what's your idea of you know uh, the best outcome or you know a good a good son essentially? Mm, I think I obey the parents, but mm. then even if he does something wrong, right, try not to scold him, like, Because I feel that if scolding right, if scolding him right, it might lead to another turnout event. Right. So, must try to. Like talk to them nicely because now these kids cannot be forced. One, if you force them right, then what's oh, that already? I, 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 I will die. I cannot. I cannot. I cannot right. live without my son. Like reverse right. psychology, like that, la. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The so more you tell them cannot do something, it's like okay, I'm gonna. The, the more you wanna do, do it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So right, right. Nowadays, must really nowadays kids very clever, very smart. Like, if you show them That's once right. or you tell them once, right, they will know. And they'll be, they'll be like, I remember it forever. Mm. I mean, yeah, but given the day. Grows, and, yeah. Mm. yeah, sorry. But when continue. he like grows older, right, I will also worry. Like, because like, if he goes to primary school, right, I also scared he kind of worry. Mm. Then I also scared like, wow, after school, where he go out. Then I, also, I will also like think, mm, cannot lie, cannot so young go out. Lie. Must like after school go home that kind. And then like secondary school, I think I will worry still la, like, wow, where you go so late? Why you don't right. call me? Give me mm-hmm. a call, that kind, that kind. But I feel that nowadays, kids and parents, right, must have those kind of communication. La. Like, yeah. they must really talk to you that time. Right. Yeah, I, then, I agree. Yeah. So it's like, for me, I would want my son to talk to me and then be by my side. La. Right. Yeah, and I think I, I imposing that. imposing your will on them too early it kind of has the reverse effect. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of uh, controlling your kids and all that, right? Uh, I wanna share with you some advice. Uh, keep Darius away from SpongeBob SquarePants. Okay, <laughs> so there's this there's this actual study that uh that they did in 2011, the Journal of Pediatrics. They found that. Uh, cartoons like Spongebob, very fast-paced cartoons, even for just a few minutes, ultimately hinders and it stops abstract thinking and it 
affects short-term memory. So impulse control and all that goes out the window. So it, it got so bad in this study that, you know, half the, the, the kids that were tested and the kids that were tested with a non-fast-paced cartoon, kids that were tested with the SpongeBob cartoon, right, ended up performing at half the capacity of the ones that didn't watch SpongeBob. So, you know, when they released this study, then they, you know, shit hit the fan. Uh, SpongeBob directors, creators all had to come on board. And uh, the shows basically say that SpongeBob is meant for six years old and up. La. So, yeah. Long formative uh, years. La. Yeah, correct. And uh, yeah, that's the danger. La. You know, even something like this, you know, fast-paced cartoons, you may not think it might affect your child, but just throwing this cartoon in front of your child, you have no idea what that does to it. Yeah, I'm going to introduce like, him so... to an anime early on, like Slam like Dunk, <laughs> Dragon Ball, you know, things right. that, that run for like hundreds of seasons <laughs> and have no absolute ending in, inside. Happy yeah. tree so just make yeah, GG that one. The fast pace, go everything, child grow up, serial killer, hundred percent confirmed that one. <laughs> but we watched yeah. that as kids growing up. Not as fucking three, four oh, years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah we I mean, like we 11, were like what? 12, I, I found 13. out. Yeah, that's why I found I found Happy Tree Friends when we were like in secondary school and stuff like that. I don't know how early you went into that, Lagi. So yeah. I think like for, for us, it's it's more of a, we want to be the parents that, you know, your your friends can come and they'll be like, hi, uncle, auntie, and, and they can hang out. They'll be fine. They'll be like, and then we can, we can supervise them without actually saying, oh, we're supervising you. Right. You know, I, yeah. like, imagine like, like when we were growing up, I think a lot of us we were like, we were quite comprehensive about going to other people's houses. Right. Because we, we never really know how their parents are like. And we're like, you know, mm. why if they... They think Why you teach your stuff. kid this? Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and even even for 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 other kids, like they'd be like, oh no lah, my dad's very strict. Maybe not so good to come to my place and stuff. Then we, we get this impression that oh, we, we can't really do anything fun at his, his house. Yeah, stuff. it's not like we're shooting up heroin inside our. <laughs> yeah. I, true. 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 <laughs> but like, but like, I mean, like for me personally, I feel uh, and, and she's gonna give me hell for this. But like, I wanna be the dad who can bring Darius to the club. And show him how to drink coffee, how to take care of himself. Uh, like, I don't think he wants to go with you also. Like, okay, which maybe. kid wants to go to the club with the, with the Okay, maybe but, maybe not not the club in that sense, lah, but but have a drink with your with your dad, right? Like yeah, to but have think, that think first drink. Yeah. Imagine right, like because because of my current profession, eventually mm, exactly mm, right. eventually there isn't a, 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 a drinking hole he can go to. Without someone calling me and saying, hey, your kid's here, what, you, you <laughs> right. may do anything for him, like, I'm like, uh, just fuck with him, like, mess with him or something. <laughs> you know, stuff like that, it, it, it's hard to avoid because I'm already in this profession. Yeah. Right. Hey, you never and know, maybe your kid just doesn't want to drink alcohol. Oh, then that'd be crazy because then his mom would, like, Lynn would be super happy because she doesn't like to drink either. <laughs> right, right, then that means following, uh, yeah, Lynn instead, right. Yeah, then I'll be... I mean, I I feel the need to show him how to do these things properly, rather than mm-hmm. him uh, exploring with his friends who don't know any better. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Would that be a, a a bonding activity with your kid? You know, growing up, it's like you know, you you fix the stuff around your house. That's that's kind of how you bond with your kid. You start teaching them how to use like tools. I think and, we and we haven't really got handy. we haven't really got that far yet. 
Right. Yeah, yeah, of course, he's still young. Yeah, yeah, but what what would right. be would it be like smoking a cigar or? <laughs> uh, when he's of age, yeah, sure, smoking a cigar, <laughs> having a whiskey, that'd be cool. Like you know, like a platoon mate of mine who I used to serve with, like he's there. Is this like cool guy, man? Like we go to his house and he's like, "There's whiskey in the back. Just pick whatever you like and and uh, you know, ha- have some." He didn't say have the whole bottle. He just said have some. Right. And and he's he's this man. He's just sitting in his armchair, having a cigar on the porch. He's <laughs> like, "Hey, there's whiskey at the back. Just help yourselves." Yeah, interesting. I think sometimes it goes back to like how much the adult trusts the kid, because a, a lot of time the the matter of fact is that the adult just doesn't trust the kid to to make good decisions, and they try to over control. That's when things Correct. go out of hand. So you kind of yeah. over correct. Um, their behavior and out of out of just being the fuck that I can, I'm just gonna defy you. <laughs> and that's right, yeah. that's that's when shit happens, uh. So But but I think that's where we have to consider like how, how do we instill trustworthiness from, from a very young age? Like how in, in very small steps that is very feasible, that you know he he learns to be accountable for his actions. Yeah. Right. Like he's gonna he's definitely gonna mess up. He's gonna make mistakes. He's gonna do like like yeah, we only like do dumb it. things, right? Exactly. Uh, but it's whether yeah. he he can own up to it and say, oh, "Okay, I've, I actually I learned from this, and I, I'm never gonna do this again," and, and stuff like that. Like uh, even like sometimes when, like I joke with Ming, uh, "Hey, why if one day your son call you right and say, Pa, I I'm I need your help," what would be that first thing that comes to your head that he will need your help with? Would Would you I- rather like that first thing in your head? Oh shit, he knocked the girl out. Oh, I think oh. right, the very fact that he's calling you to ask for help, right, means you did it right already. Yeah, right. That, that's I mean, the whole thing. How many times in, in you know in our own lives, right, where we had that courage or you know that that trust with yeah. our parents to just go up to them and say, "Oh, I fucked up so bad." <laughs> you fuck I up the help. first thing is to hide from them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like they're gonna fucking kill me, you man. Run and hide. <laughs> that's why. See, so that that right there is not a sign of very healthy parenting, you know. Not enough. I, I guess it would it would constitute the not enough love and support in, in a way, right? Because if you show your kid that there's uh, enough love and support and, and without that much um, punishment or negative reinforcement, then that kid ultimately is going to trust you or going to want, yeah. you know, your help when they're in the ditch, right? But yeah. If if they want to run away, then it's a it points to a different story. Yeah. So so like on this right, Lin, Lin actually comes from a very different upbringing than I did. Her her parents are, yeah, I actually don't know how to describe this. Have to get her to say herself. Like, Lin, how's your upbringing like? Yeah, Lin, what's the difference like? I can really confide. Uh, I can really talk a lot of things to my mom and my sisters and everything, and right. then they are very supportive and they will give feedback as as well. Like, there's this, like, siblings bonding lah. Mm. Like, sometimes every month, uh, we will go have dim sum as a family, or have some dinner, eating, and it's yeah, like... family day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's and, and, important. And, yeah, and, and it's crazy because, like, when, when I was first introduced to the family, it's actually one of the reasons why I, I like, I, I want to go to her parents' place. Like whether for dinner for some family gathering or something like even even like sometimes if, if work allows or doesn't allow then and then too bad lah. 
but but like if you know I've got nothing going on and I can make it, I'll, I'll go down hundred percent. Right. And and it's hard to see. I don't even have the kind of enthusiasm for for my own family. I mean, it's hard to say that, but but like when my mom I mean, says come back home for dinner, I'm like uh, uh yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of procrastination. There's a lot of like uh, uh I don't know. Sense of going back. Yeah, right. just just the whole because the whole thought of me like initially moving out was just to get out of the house. Right. You know, because I spent the first 20, 20 odd years of my life under this roof, under under the under this oppression <laughs> and, and, and and shit. But I say oppression, but then like like I still got a lot of freedom. I still got to do a lot of things that I wanted to do. Or I I, I you know I, those, those things we did growing up. Most most kids wouldn't have that kind of freedom. I had it, but I still felt very suffocated by my parents. Mm. Yeah, so that's actually a phenomenon that occurs where uh, parents actually give their kid a little too much freedom. And because of that, there's that no, no sense of structure. And I, I think Lin will agree with this also because, I mean, you seem to come from, you know, a more structured family. You know, you have things like family day even. And when, when you give your kids that kind of structure to follow, right, there's that, there's that level of um, connection that builds and you don't feel they, in a sense, don't care. I, I want to say it like they don't care about, you know, it's just do, let you do whatever you want. But yeah, at the same time, it's not really that also. So I, I guess it's a very fine balance uh, between, you know, that, that freedom and structure, right? right. So I think, I think that's one of the most like important things to get right and difficult to... Mm. And a lot of times, it's it's like it kind of perpetuates itself because a kid growing up in in a situation like that, they would internalize that, and you know that's a norm for them. So when they have their own family, you know that's that's how they will operate, lah. That's the that's the habit, that's the mannerism that's ingrained in their head. And if you right. don't, if if you don't have that growing up, it doesn't mean like you know your parents don't really care for you, but it's, they didn't have that as well. So they don't know better also. Exactly. And right. Yeah. It's I think the, it's the breaking up of the, breaking out of that pattern. That's, you know, kind yeah. Of and and for, for, for that to happen, you know, we're going to take time and it's going to be, you know, a progressive thing that moves forward, you know, back then in what the fifties and, and the forties, we, we didn't have, you know, books on parenting. We didn't have psychological studies on parenting. So these things have to take time to evolve and, you know, only uh, after some time, then we get this knowledge and this uh, understanding of parenting. It's a, it's a bloody difficult thing, right. man. Yeah. The, the so, funny thing is they teach sexuality in school, but you know, after, if you, even if you have a kid, then what's, what do you Oh, what's next, do? right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess it wouldn't really apply in because secondary no school. Because <laughs> in, in, at the beginning. Right, yeah. But after but, that, uh, also like... Yeah, know, I, feel, I feel like it'd be one of the important modules, like all uh, perhaps unis should have or, you know, some tertiary educations should throw in this idea of parenting and what the hell it's about, you know, just like right. financial planning, right? Or how to adult. common knowledge. How to adult. Yeah. How to adult. Yeah. Adulting 101, you know, essentially. And yeah, it's, it's probably something lacking. Uh, 
kids grow up and they know about the 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 five C's straight away, right? Uh, but uh, there's actually the four C's in in parenting. <laughs> Did you know about that? It's, no, no, no. Uh, care, consistency, uh, choices, and consequences. Not I mean, you kidding, guys know it, computer. Yeah, I mean, you guys talked about it, you know, your your worries about Darius as he grows up and all that. You know, it's 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 covering all these things. So I, I don't think, you know, y'all are, I, I think y'all are on the right track, you know. Y'all are, are worrying in the, uh, worrying about the right things that, that you need to worry about without, of course, worrying too much, which often leads to over-parenting. Yeah. Mm. Oh, speaking of over-parenting, um, have you all heard the... I, I'm pretty sure you all have heard the term helicopter parenting before. Oh, yes. then the 24 hours all, all over the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's this other I, idea, which is... I, I don't know why not, pe- not many people are aware of it, but it's called snowplow parenting. It's... Um, okay, so helicopter parenting is where you excessively monitor and keep control over your kid and, and just breathe down their neck. Snowplow parenting is where you... Um, I, I noticed this, and I mean, it, it comes with being affluent. You know, um, parents who can afford to do it uh, basically remove all obstacles in their kid's path. And so, like a snowplow, clear the path for them and make sure that it's all smooth sailing for them. So it... Uh, it Either way, it, it, it kind of fucks up their, you know, sense of independence, right? And there are numerous psychological studies, you know, that are... Yeah, like that, when that they face their first failure itself. Yeah, they, they just cannot deal with it. So, you know, anxiety, depression, all those things come, come into play, right? Yeah, so, like, even, even, telling your kid, even telling your kid, like, oh, you're special from day one. <laughs> and then yes. they eventually find out, you know, they're not that special. When you grow up with the kind of illusion that you are special... And then when you, when you, in real life, taste disappointment and, and defeat and failure for the first time, you, you, you lose yourself to it. And then you, you, don't, you don't seem to be able to pick yourself back up. Or the kids who have gone through enough, they, they have that emotional capacity to deal with it and come up even stronger. Right. So, so there's really only two outcomes. You, you either survive it or, or, you, or you just wallow in it. And then it affects every decision you make thereafter. I'm um, sorry, yeah. guys. Yeah. I, I've got to go because my, my Darius is looking for me now. Oh, oh okay. sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, we, we, no problem, no problem. Can, sorry, sorry, uh, sorry. Hey, thanks, yeah, for, thanks, thanks, for, thanks, for, thanks for coming okay. on. Can, yeah. can. Ken. Hey. Right. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> okay, now that the mom is away. <laughs> <laughs> the boys yeah, come out to play. <laughs> Hey, so, so like honestly speaking, uh, what so what, what are your what are your takes on on parenting? Like one to one, boy men to men, <laughs> uh, boys to men. <laughs> For me, parenting I would say it's not hard. It's just very tedious. Parenting like, is not hard. It's tedious. It's it's a, it's it, like you say. You know, it's it's all about the consistent uh, effort. So it's all about the mindset. Otherwise, you know, you, you can go very overboard with this. Like, I mean, the myself being a, a crazy good example of too much of a good thing is is quite bad. Yeah. But the freedom thing. Yeah, too much freedom or you know. Even having a cell phone and back then I think today a lot of kids have phones. Yeah. Uh and and it, it's actually not unusual to see even on the train, an infant. I wouldn't say like a young young child. 
like right. an infant, maybe like two to three years old, and they are, they, they have their eyes glued to a, a, a smartphone. For me, I feel that that exposure at that young an age uh, can be quite disencouraging uh, in the sense it's not a bad thing. Like, I mean, if you moderate it well, if, if they learn to work with it well, and, and in fact, you know, if this becomes something of, of a way for them to to direct their restlessness to, yeah, you know, I, I think that's a, it's a good way to manage it. But like at the same time, how, how many kids do you now see still in the park playing football with their friends? Mm. Still got people doing that, aren't they? Yeah, it's okay. So when when you when nowadays like when when I when I walk past the park or I, I'm, it it's mostly young adults, like guys our age, right? Uh, who are playing like basketball or soccer in, in the cage, you know, the the kids that we were, today you don't see them, you know, out there. You you see them walking around in shopping malls, and those and those were stuff that we did as well, you know, growing up. But like, yeah, but we had this additional, you know, outdoor uh, aspect to it, you know. Yeah, uh, we under the sun and imagine we were, we were out on the soccer field like, at the park yeah. or in school until nine, ten at night, which is yeah. shouldn't be right. But like we were there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I will go back. I will cannot school back. Right, <laughs> yeah, we, we get we get a schooling just for coming back late. But we weren't out yeah. doing anything stupid. We were yeah. out. We were getting active. We were we were hanging out with friends. We you know. We weren't doing anything illegal per se. Yeah, like doing a, participating in a fairly healthy sport. You know, occasional yeah. injuries here and there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, was and, and, and for me, like the kids today, like, I think they're missing out. Right, it's, yeah. it's not their fault, probably, because it's, it's very easy to be handed a, 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 a smartphone today and like, okay, go entertain yourself. Yeah. And then only to have that bite you back later because you'll be like, why are you on the phone all the time? Right. The yeah. causal effect. So yeah. I, I gotta ask this question. Uh is your phone sort of acting as a pacifier now? So when they get restless or whatever, right, you throw on a, a YouTube clip of like a cartoon or whatever just to just to shut them up mm. for that quick for second. Now, for now, right? When we do use videos and everything, it's more like during meal time, so we need him to sit still. Mm. Mm. Okay. And then, you know, while he has his eyes distracted by, you know, the moving pictures, we can feed him, we can sort of entertain for a bit. Yeah. Because that's, I know a lot of parents are using that as that kind of a tool. Because if not, they are just running around. Like, the last thing they they want to do is to just sit down and stay still (laughs) and have a proper meal. That's the last thing on their mind. Yeah. (laughs) So, so, I mean, if you use it as a a moderation, so in the moderation, I think it's okay. Yeah. But like, for us, I think me and Lin agree on this. Like, probably not. I'm gonna give him like a, uh, uh, I mean, if I give him a phone, it's literally gonna be like one of the old phones that we used to use. Right, just for calling, sake and messaging, just for calling, sake, right? and uh, and mm-hmm. and there's not gonna be Wi-Fi on it. It's not gonna be. Uh, so, so, so your kid's gonna have a burner phone, uh. <laughs> He's gonna have a burner phone. Uh. At least, no, at least for, at least for the first, you know few years when, when he needs a phone. Mm, right. right, right. But at the same time, when he has a phone and he says, how come they can have this and I can't? Because they will always make this comparison. How come he has yep, a yep. phone? Now? That's true. Then That's what I, I would say, do. Okay, then we would, the, 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 the steps there would be, uh, 
how to get him ready for a phone like that. Right. Rather than saying, oh, you can't have it yet. No, we're just saying, okay, uh, you have to own it. Right. You have to show us that you, you know, you can manage yourself with a phone like that. Which is why also like, when, now, even now, right now, just between me and, and Lin, when we, when we have our meals, when we uh, out eating with the family and thing, our phones are like on the seat, tucked away, they're put in the bag or somewhere where, where, where it won't distract us from what we're doing. Right, that's good. And hopefully this continues into like, when as the years goes up, she's going to realize, oh, during meal times or during family time or when, you know, we're, when we're sitting down together, even if we're just like watching TV together or stuff, mm-hmm. uh, phones are away. Uh, yeah. I think it's important to build habits like that yeah. rather than, than, you know, just, just blatantly, nah, here's the phone, go in the PNW. At least have your attention distracted on one common thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you're doing it together. You're doing it together, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and also, I think like following what other parents do just to fit in is a really dumb thing to do. Like, so what if all these other parents are giving their kids phones and their kids are getting distracted all the time, have the attention span of a goldfish? Does that mean that just to let my kid fit in, I'm going to, you know, turn him into that as well? And, mm. and like we were saying earlier, what we really want to be for Darius is, is people that he can come to when he needs to be heard, when, when he needs to voice something out or when he's having like trouble or anything. We want to be able to be that channel for him as well. Yeah, uh, let him be able to make his own choices to a certain degree of course but like like have have the empowerment that he is in control of his life if he doesn't want to do this and he has a valid reason not to do it then don't do it right. if he, I, I think that's when the art of sorry, sorry continue first on, on the other hand if he feels very strongly about something then, then that's why we have to sit down and say and, and talk about it and, and, and find Find out why. why. Why why do you feel so strongly about this? Why do you want to do this? And, and how come this and out, is it? Then yeah, that's true. For, yeah. for me, I would say like, oh, then do it. And then I'll, I'll watch you fuck up, burn, and come back and say, okay, I learned my lesson. Right. You know, I think that's the, the art of like parenting right there. It's threading that very fine line between being an authoritarian and being authoritative. And right. on the on the extreme man being super permissive, like oh whatever goes, man, like that in itself also has another set it's of it's problems. Difficult. It's definitely yeah. difficult. Yeah, so it's the art of the the balance. Yeah. And like you said, uh, you know, moderation, just like when you're giving them phones or, you know, technology to use, it's all about that moderation. Because if you don't have that, then yeah, that's when the emotional, you know, instability comes and sets in. So I think it, it boils down to, you know, that, that level of moderation. And if you provide structure and guidance, you know, early on in their lives, then yeah, I, I think they can they can learn how to handle that a lot better right? yeah, as opposed so like, to flying off the handle. And I think that goes a long way to, you know, giving them that fine tune of uh, autonomy. Yeah. Right? And yeah, to for them to develop that that critical thinking skills, you know, especially in today's day and age, right? I think it's it's really, really important, you know, with all your bullshit out there, you know, you have to be able to to filter through that bullshit and be smart enough to question right from wrong. And to tell right from wrong, yeah, so, yeah. It's giving that that space lah for them for them to grow. Uh, I I just thought of an, an analogy like how 
there's a it's there's a certain shark, right? You keep it in a mm-hmm. in a tank, and it's only going to grow as big as that tank is going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it will only grow as big as as what the container is, and mm. you never really know how big they they are going to get. So if you yeah, put this right. limiting belief as as much as you want, or as as ambitious as you as you think it is, they could actually become more than you expect them to be. But yeah, right. don't remove those preconceived notions of what you want them to be. Then you would never know, lah. Yeah, hey, Guy, that's why you taller than me, right? Because your house bigger than mine, right? Yeah, <laughs> ceiling higher. <laughs> higher ceiling, sorry. You stretch further. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's it's um it's about that space, yeah, definitely. You know, you you, and and again, of course, uh, a fine tune, right? A balance and not too much autonomy. You know, you, you gotta have that good cop, bad cop sort of a vibe between the parents, I mean. Yeah. Like, so who's yeah. the somebody good has cop, to be who's the, the bad cop? Who's the who's, who's I, the bad? Who's the good? I I would I would I would think visually, um, it seems like I'm the good cop now, only because like you know she she's the one. She's the main caretaker and everything. She's but probably gonna be the disciplinarian also lah. For now lah, at least until until he starts to form like proper notions, perceptions, and stuff like that. But you know, when that comes about, then it, it becomes more important for me to become the the back cop. Right then, the bell comes out. I need to, yeah, I need to be able to call him on his bluffs. I need yeah. to, be able to call him on on like the bullshit that he 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 is you know, uh, right. pushing out of his head. Yeah, actually, you know, speaking about that, right? I I think that a lot of parents are aware of that, but sometimes the uh, I've noticed this: the ego gets in the way, and the way they go about doing it seems to more uh seems seems to be to humiliate the kid more than to educate. And yeah, I I think parents have to be extra careful of that or aware of that. You know, if they wish to call them on their bullshit, you know, do it. Do it in the right way, right? And, and but, don't don't humiliate them essentially. But, but it's educate. strange. It, it's very strange because humiliation works as a better tool, a better stick than actual punishment. Yeah, but the I, the stick will backfire one. That's why, and I think that stick cuts really fucking deep. Like this yeah. one, <laughs> cuts all the way into the psyche. You know, instead yeah. of just. The skin, right? It's so, like so the like, self-esteem will be gone. Yeah. Then next time when they are out in like a work situation or social environment, it's hard for them to open up. Yeah, mm. definitely. So That's like, I I'm like over the last few years, like we've I think we've there's been a lot of clips of dads being dads in front of their kids, mm-hmm. and, like and this this so like I mean dad jokes aside. Like so, like these fathers would outright embarrass their their kids in front of in front of in in, in public. Like they'll do funny weird shit, and then the parents, the kid, at, at some point, the kid looks more like the parent than the parent himself. Right, right. No, I think that's fine. I I I, right? I get what I get that's that, but that, that like that's okay. Yeah, shits and giggles, you know. Right. But if like your kid genuinely did something wrong, right, and you choose. Uh, a means of punishment as a means to humiliate them, then yeah, that that's a little um, concerning. 
if it's yeah, if it's just for jokes, shits and giggles, like I remember seeing this video of of the of the dad driving the daughter to school, and as the daughter gets out of the car walking to school, then the dad's like, "I love you, Katie," and then he's just shouting, and then the whole school's like looking back, and then she's fucking. And she's like, she's like, she's but at the yeah. same time, she's laughing, you know, under underneath it all, and and yeah, the, it it seems like you know that's that's kind of the culture they they have going for them. So I think that's okay, you know, that's healthy. Yeah, but you know, in a situation, public shaming. yeah, that that's that's fucked up. The beating in public, you know, screaming at your child in the so it's the abuse that's that's the abusive sort of approach yeah. that's, that's less yeah. And and uh, it's about that negative, the choice of negative reinforcement that you're giving in a situation that requires negative reinforcement, you know? So, yeah, I, I guess that part's a little delicate because emotions are high, you know? And mm. uh, the kid the, the kid also knows that, you know, they, they've done wrong. Sometimes it's, it's up to the parent to kind of uh, moderate their, their emotions a bit. Lah. Yeah. Because some uh, parents don't have that kind of emotional quotient, emotional intelligence yeah. to, to hold themselves back mm. or they yes. are they are easy to embarrass so the kid makes a bunch of noise then they'll be like okay shut the fuck up if not the apun then they come and catch you <laughs> that's a racist <laughs> thing we, 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 should, we should get into it we actually we yeah, did yeah. get into we did yeah. um, I think we did it yeah. you in did a, it on our, the previous episode, our last yeah. episode. Yeah. so yeah. yeah that kind of that kind of a thing, like, you, just, you just don't publicly yeah. call them out. Yeah, like don't that. publicly humili- humiliate your, your kid, uh, right? Oh. And yeah, and, and definitely don't perpetuate uh, racial stereotypes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the one for me and my people, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So we can replace with who come and catch you? Uh, the, the boogeyman. We didn't say the boogeyman. Boogeyman has no race, right? The boogeyman. Boogeyman, no race, one. <laughs> boogeyman. Then they permanently scared of old people. Then Singapore oh. aging population and for mafia. <laughs> yeah, ageism now. <laughs> yeah, any virus is from the old people. <laughs> so it goes back to the point that Jeremy made. Uh, instead of us, you know, being helicopter parents and and you know, being the people to push them to do certain things, it's more like a mediator, more like a referee. Yeah. My God. Oh, time out. Yeah, because we actually have to go through the lessons and learn what is right or wrong for themselves instead of someone telling them. Because, you know, for a matter of fact, like people tell you not to do this, you're like, okay. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to try it out and then see. Then yeah. only you, you experience it and you learn it. Just by listening to it, it doesn't fucking register at all. Okay, so let's let's make a kind of uh, time capsule here for Darius uh, mm. to to bookend this episode. So yeah, how how is nice. he now? How is he now? Well, he just turned one. Like he just uh, turned one weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's be like sixteen right. or eighteen. Yes. Like, so w- would you have words of wisdom for him for when he turns sixteen, and you put it down? In this podcast, so when it when it hit sixteen, twenty thirty six. In twenty thirty six, Darius, if you're listening, your daddy yeah, is maybe, talking yeah, to you okay. now. I would say, <laughs> I would say um, just try everything. Just try, but you know, know that there are consequences. I, 
I think that's important. Just try and then more than that consequence. Like whatever you do, just try and then you know, live with the choices that you've made. That, that's important. But beyond that, like have fun. Stop, stop worrying about life. Life will, life will come to you eventually. Just, just gotta go ahead. Do what you want to do. Alright, I think yeah. we've Thanks come to the end of this. For thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Coming on to the show. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And that's it for this episode. Bye. Okay, that's all. <laughs> Bye. See you guys. <laughs>